turn uh, with me in your Bible to Matthew chapter 25, and then we're going to jump over to Psalm 139. Matthew 25 and Psalm 139. Matthew 25, uh, we have been talking about the last few weeks as a two-word theme for this year for us where Jesus had a list of things that he mentioned people did, and they did it unto him, or we use the, the Bible translation, unto me, right? You're doing it unto me. Well, I want to start with those verses, and then we're going to jump to Psalm 139. So Jesus says these words in Matthew 25, and I'll pick this one up in verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory... And all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate one from another as the shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. And I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? Verse 40. And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it, to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. So Jesus makes it personal that we did it to him. So I'll throw up again uh, real quick those four different translations that kind of gives us these two words. In fact, and it's the word uh, the American standard says um, unto me. You did it unto me. Me. New Living Translations, you were doing it to me. And the New Century Version says, you did it for me. Very powerful that the king will say that those things that we do, we remember we do it unto him. All of us have probably worked for somebody that was like, I'm not doing anything unto them, right? They're not doing anything for me. But the king will say, you did these things unto me well with that in mind and keep that in your thought and your heart all year long that you're doing it you know that'll revive you a little bit you're doing it for jesus right you're doing it for him psalm 139 i want to pick this up and again we were talking the last couple weeks about uh, the heart that the heart is one of the central issues in the bible that it talks about in fact, we know that our heart is the, one of the central organs in our body. I looked it up. Do you know what a heart transplant would cost you today? $1.7 million. Have any of you known a relative or somebody that donated a kidney? 
We've known several people that have donated a kidney. You can't donate your heart. Oh, I'll give them my heart. Oh, wait a minute. No, if I give them my heart, right, that means I, I've, no, you can't do that. 1.7 million. But Jesus, God the Father, is going to talk about our heart. And the only person that knows our heart, point at yourself, is you. And I've been married almost, is it 30 years coming in August? Almost 30. It's, it seems like it's been five years, right? I mean, it seems like... <laughs> <laughs> is that getting me back from last week? Okay. <laughs> it seems like we're still on our honeymoon. <laughs> well, let me move on to Psalm 130. No. But isn't it's I know, but here's what we're gonna learn today. God knows our hearts. Right? And God is active in our hearts. God wants to move in our lives. So I want to read Psalm 139. In fact, We'll put it on the screen. Maybe you're here today, and so maybe the best way for you to hear this is to close your eyes and just take in the Word of God, or if you want to listen and follow on the screen. But I want to read Psalm 139 to us. And we're getting, David uh, would sing these things, write these things, pray these things, and he says this, O oh Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high and I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there, your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Instead, the darkness shall not hide from you. But the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb, and I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they were all written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more than the number, the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay. I always crack up when David like switches, right? Oh, that you would slay the wicked, oh God. 
Depart from me, therefore, you bloodthirsty men, for they speak against you wickedly. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate them, O Lord, who hate you? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there is anything wicked, any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So, Lord, as we've read these words, we thank you that your word does not return void, that the word of God is not something that really we look in. It looks in us. And our prayer today, Father, is you know us by name. So search out our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, you know, I read the story. There was a, um, a college uh, cafeteria that ended up having to post a sign because all the students were taking all the fruit back to their dorms. So they posted a sign that said, please take only one piece of fruit. God is watching you. Well, another student decided to make his own sign and he put it by the cookies. And it said, take all the cookies you want because God is only watching the fruit. <laughs> How many of you think that's a pretty smart little student there? It's interesting that we look at really a few things that David uh, mentions about God the Father. And my title is, He Knows My Name. Do you know there's a couple references in the book of Revelation that appear that we'll have a new name in heaven? Now remember, if you go back into the Old Testament, um, anytime there was a major promise over somebody's life, like Abram and Sarai, their names were changed to reflect that promise, Abraham and Sarah. We read that about Jacob to Israel. So uh, he knows my name here, but evidently there must be a new name for me. Hopefully one of you men are going to get the name Walter in heaven, right? That might be a good change. But there's going to be a new name, probably attached to a promise because of you eternally. But here on earth, he knows me. He knows everything about me. But I want to pull out a few things today that David says, and he uses those words that we just read. It says, search me. Let me read that again. Psalm 139, 1 through 3. Oh Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. Isn't it interesting? He knows everything. He knows what time you went to bed last night. He knows what time you were going to get up. He knows what time you're going to go to bed tonight. He knows what time you're going to wake up Monday morning. He knows every single step about us. And as we'll see close to the end, he's been keeping track of all of these in a book. The end says Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me to the way of everlasting, right? Lead me. It's interesting, depending on what type of phone you have, Android or an iPhone, there's an app on the iPhone called Find My iPhone. 
And if you invite certain people like family or friends, they can actually look up and find out where you are. So we learned this the first time, and I was in a drive-thru at The Hat in Brea, California, and my daughter called me. And she says, hey, Dad, while you're in line there at The Hat, can you get me an iced tea? <laughs> you know, this was, I don't know, I thought, what is, I have a stalker, right? <laughs> and she still does that to this day. Like, she still will be, hey, while you're, I see you're at Walmart while you're there. Now, that is, it has nothing to do with, oh, I'm going somewhere, so I'm going to shut off my location so they don't know where I am. It's kind of one of those open, freeing things. There's something freeing knowing that God knows your heart, knows your ways. That we live life as we sang today, he's my king, right? I'm following after him. I might do something that will displease him, but I'm going to get back on track because he's going to lead me into the way of everlasting as well. We remember this, that the Bible we just read, that God is everywhere. Psalm 139, verse 7, David says, Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? Where can I go? Uh, Jonah thought he could hide from God at the bottom of a boat, and he didn't. He wasn't even hiding from God in the belly of a whale. Where could I go? In fact, Jeremiah says this, in Jeremiah 23, 24, can anyone hide himself in secret places so that I shall not see him, says the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, says the Lord? Can anybody hide? Do I not fill heaven and earth? Every once in a while on YouTube, I'll look and there'll be some new police chase. And it's interesting, if it's in like Texas or Florida, it's over in 15 minutes because they ram him from all different directions. If it's in California, it goes on two, three hours, right? So you speed it up all the way to the end, and you always see the guy running, and he thinks he's going to get away, right? He thinks he's going to get away, but they've got helicopters with infrared, like they're keeping on. He's not getting, he's the best thing he could do is stop and surrender, right? They're going to get him, but they think they can get away with it. Jeremiah, you can't hide from the Lord. When I was first uh, going to Bible college, before I went on staff at the church in Almani, um, you know, some of you know my story. I actually left the police academy, and I was going to Bible college. My car was stolen on the first day of Bible college in Los Angeles at Life Bible College, which was at Angeles Temple. Walked out to my car after my first day, and it was gone. No broken glass, nothing. Found out uh, eventually a couple weeks later that it was in the hills of Tijuana, right? It was my car. It actually uh, was something that hit me pretty hard because I'm thinking my first day of, Lord, don't you know what I walked away from? You ever told, don't, don't you know like what I walked away, and this is how I get rewarded, my car stolen? Well, it ended up being a blessing in disguise because the car ended up getting paid off because I didn't know if I'd have the money to pay for it. And then I had the cash to buy at the time, I don't even know if they're around, a Toyota Corona that I bought. And it was a terrible name, Corona, especially if you're in Bible college, right, to have on there. But it didn't run very well in the morning. It was like being on a, a bucking Bronco in the morning and you kind of get going. Needless to say, I had a car that was paid off. But that very first year, um, I lived on the church campus. And in between services, evidently, our house was broken into. I roomed with one other guy. They didn't even go in his room. They went in my room. 
they stole, does anybody remember ghetto blasters? Anybody remember those, that kind of day, right? They stole my ghetto blaster, they stole cufflinks, they just stole, they didn't touch Mike's stuff. Not, probably not even a footprint in there. A couple, uh, maybe a month or two later, we would do sometimes an early morning prayer with the youth and we'd go pick up some and bring them in. Somebody threw rocks through every one of my windows and my Toyota Corona. Every one of them were blasted out. I cleaned as much as I could. I drove it to my mom's house so the insurance could get it going on. Every window broken up. And I remember about December of that year, I remember that I'd gone into the church sanctuary, I turned on all the Christmas lights, and I was done. I was, I thought, this, this is a car stolen, stealing my stuff, breaking my car, and there's probably a few other things. And I remember this one verse, and I don't know if I, it was probably one of the ones my mom had me memorize. Where do you think you're going to go? Where are you going to flee? And it was that moment there that I, that I knew, right? It was that quick switch of my heart. I'm going to unplug those lights and go through it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish this. I'm not going to allow those external things that didn't really matter. But then I begin to look at it as, okay, God, I, I'm committed to you. I think that's what Jeremiah says. He fills the whole heaven and earth. I know that God sees my heart. We read it before. In fact, here's an interesting one. Psalm 139.4. There's not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. Before that word comes out, he knows it. Has anybody ever said a word that you wish didn't come out of your mouth? <laughs> Some of you are lying today. No, <laughs> The New Living Translation says, you know what I'm going to say before I even say it, Lord. My mom would say, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say a word. But we say words. God knows what we're going to say. um, In fact, in the notes, if you download them as a typo, it says Psalm 423. It's actually Proverbs 423. So if you found Psalm 423... You're in a whole different Bible, right? There's no 23rd verse there. But Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. And I love the New uh, New Living Translation. It says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Jeremiah also spoke into this interesting the prophet jeremiah would speak about the heart to the nation of israel and and to us even today jeremiah 17 9 and 10 the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it i the lord search the heart i test the mind even to give every man according to his ways according to the fruit of his doing You know, it's interesting when um, I know my mom had done this with Michelle is probably as we were dating and getting married, she pulls out the photo album of all our baby pictures. My mom used to cut our hair. We we looked like uh, the the three stooges, right? Like Moeller. I mean, I had the bowl cut. You know, she was doing whatever, cutting our own hair. And so she pulls out all the pictures. You know, all of us have like little kid embarrassing pictures, right? Don't show her that picture. Don't show her that picture. 
but she kept those things, right? All, many of us have photo albums, or nowadays we keep all of the photos on our phone or other devices of pictures back when. But here's what's so powerful in all of this is that we remember that God is the one that watched and formed us. And he really makes it personal for us to see. And we read that early on in Psalm 139, verse 16. And David got this and said this to the Lord. He says, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they all were written. The days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. You know, many times if you've looked at like models of conception, there was a time that all of us looked like a little lima bean. And it was probably one of those things before, uh, you know, our moms or whoever ever knew we were pregnant. But you know who knew? God knew. You know who was watching? God was watching. In fact, it's interesting when you read this verse is that he's got a book. And he's writing all those things about you. Amanda was conceived today. Amanda's growing. Isn't that powerful? She's born today. He's right. Evidently, he's writing all those things down in a book. And uh, when there was none of them, he had a book about our life. In fact, the New Living Translation says it this way. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Every moment was laid out. God was keeping on. That's why it lets us know that the birth of a child, the conception displays the greatness of God because God is the one watching it. When, uh, you know, when I was born, it was before anybody ever knew like the gender of children. They just waited till you were born, right? And it was either a, a boy or a girl. Uh, nowadays, we have all the ultrasounds. In fact, I remember even at birth, I was born breached which means you come out behind first, bottom first, I've got to say it right, bottom first. My mom says that, she says, um, you know, he said, well, it's a boy, uh, but he's sure smiling big. <laughs> I came out, that was like, that was kind of like the joke. Some of you later this afternoon, oh, I get it now, right? He had a big smile on his face. Well, both of my kids, we knew what we were having well before. In fact, I, I have a picture somewhere. We knew we were having a little girl, and so everybody was buying her shoes. We had 30-some pairs of shoes for somebody that wasn't even born yet because they knew we were having a girl. But before all of that, God already knew. He already knew. He was already watching. He was already recording. He already knew. In fact, Jeremiah, it said it this way too. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet of the nations. Ever before God knows. So when David says, search me, search me, know my heart, search me, search me, search me, we're asking a God who's been watching our entire life to go ahead and search us. It should be complete freedom to us to allow the Lord to search us. It should be a great encouragement to know that there is a God 
that already knew about you. In fact, he knew about you before the foundations of the world. He knew when you would be born. He knew that he wasn't going to stick you in the 1800s that you had to go out in an outhouse this morning and to go pump your own water and milk the cows and come in. He had you born in these days. And I've mentioned this before, and I've thought this and said this. Hey, I'm glad I'm not raising little kids in this time. But, you know, I went back on that and said, no, God knew that I'd be here at this time. And so if it was for me to raise little kids, God knew that ahead of time because he was the one watching. So I come before the Lord and I ask you with me to come before the Lord today. And we have him look at our life and we ask him to search us. We, we remember that God is everywhere, that God sees my heart, that God is the one that formed me. I may look like somebody in my family. Somebody in my family may look like somebody, but the one that formed me and saw me and knows me is my heavenly father, right? And he sent Jesus for me. Bow your heads if you would with me today. Would you take just a moment and think about those things. In fact, we know Jesus mentions that his sheep are the one that hear his voice. He knows them. They follow me. I think David wrote these things again as a prayer, as a, a, a line of worship. And he was overwhelmed at the thoughts that God had an intimate care of every single detail of his life you know you might say today he knows that what i'm going through today he absolutely does he's been watching me so father we come before you today we thank you that you are a speaking god speak to our hearts today by your holy spirit we listen intently to you search my heart Search my thoughts. Test me. Try me. Purify me. Lead me in the way of everlasting. Let me know. Let it not be the fear of the Lord as we've talked about as a fear, but a holy awesomeness of who you are, that you are everywhere. That I don't need to be concerned about the headlines today. I need to be on task with what you've called me to do. And I thank you that you formed me every detail, every part. And so I come today, Father, I submit my heart again to you today. I thank you that I'm sensitive to your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Stand with me if you would. We're going to come